0: Hello and welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your host, Scott. This is our seventh episode, Wow! and we'll start with a quick summary of what the show is. Goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared with a list of ten. In the first segment, we'll talk about the first five items from each of our lists in detail, why we feel they fit the list, why they're special to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. From there, we'll use the second segment to briefly mention the remaining items on our separate list before going head to head and arguing over which items belong in the official top ten. Now, before I progress any further, I'm realizing, Scott, we didn't really talk about this before the show, but we kind of talked about it after the show last week. Maybe we're gonna try uh, doing a couple breaks this week. We'll
1: mix up the format a little bit.
2: Hmm. So I'm okay with that. Let's figure it out.
1: Alright. Um so we have
0: uh as as usual. We have an impartial third party who looks at our lists and determines what's going to be on. Uh, <clears throat> if we have any duplicates or anything like that, uh, this week we have two duplicates in the top five, which we don't, which we haven't had in a while. So, so that means that we're going to talk about um, our top
1: sixes here. So, the topic that we're talking about this week, we're talking about the war- top ten worst movie twists,
0: specifically. Not necessarily the worst movies with twists, but the twists
2: themselves are bad. Yeah, and I'm not super surprised that we have overlap here. I think you you and I have largely similar tastes in what we consider to be a good twist or something that adds value to a movie. Mm -hmm. And in the past, even well in advance of this episode or even this podcast, we have discussed movies That we thought were frustrating as a result of the twist or the change in in the movie.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, I think that's a a unique phenomenon that the twist movie, a movie that builds itself around a twist, is setting itself up to be frustrating in a way that most other movies don't. For sure. Um, By by pinning so much of what happens on a a one specific thing that happens in the movie, usually a pretty brief segment. um,
2: It can change the whole movie.
0: Yeah, and it can fl- yeah, it could really flavor the rest of the movie. And and some of the items on my list, I think the twist kind of tanks the whole movie. Um and some of them I don't. Some of them I think uh, I can tell you at least one item on my list is a movie that I really love and I think it has a terrible stupid twist ending and uh But it doesn't take away the But movie it doesn't ruin it. the rest of the movie, huh. you know.
2: Interesting. But we'll get uh, to that. There's probably one or two on the list for me like that. I I would also question the initial thoughts on this one, as far as the the twist itself, if you know in advance of going into a movie that there's going to be a twist, does the lack of a twist count as a twist? Or is the twist, now that you know it's coming, less of a twist? I mean, think M. Night Shyamalan, right? Almost all of his movies, twists.
0: That's your expectation, right? With, right.
2: Um... Does that ruin it? What's your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's going to depend person to person. Um, I, if if we step outside of movies
0: briefly, I knew going into the video game Bioshock that there was a twist in that game. I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was a twist. And that did not um, in any way degrade my experience with the game, I think. That's kind of one of my favorite twists in anything ever. That first Bioshock game, um, but okay. um, yeah, I like for so for me personally, I don't think necessarily, um, but I definitely know people who that is true for that. Like if they go in with a certain expectation, the movie doesn't meet that expectation, then they didn't like the experience.
2: So for me, it's it's kind of similar. I am constantly looking for the twist if I know there's going to be one. When it happens and I'm not expecting it, I mean, it's a twist, right? When Mm -hmm. it happens suddenly and it kind of adds to the movie or changes it in a good way, I'm still okay with it, even though I knew something was going to happen and I didn't know what. Sure. And I think uh, one more thing I'll add here before we begin, and it kind of goes without saying, huge major spoiler alerts throughout this oh, yeah. whole Absolutely. entire episode. I, I just you
0: go in go into this episode with the expectation if we mention the name of a movie, we're going to spoil what the twist is. is that, guess what? That's what this episode is. So um uh, we will uh you know as usual we'll start each item with hey here's that uh here's that what the movie title is. Get out now <laughs> if you uh, skip ahead now if you don't want to hear about What's happening here? Absolutely, but a lot of the movies on my list have been out for a while, so you've you've had some time Mm. to see. Yeah, I think
2: most of mine have been at least five years. Well, one of them is kind of newer, but most of them are older.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've
2: got ten 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 movies on my
0: list in five years. uh, Within five years, I want to say
2: hmm spoilers (laughs) I guess we'll see
0: I guess we'll see so Scott since we're starting with number six why don't we start with your number six yeah let's do
1: it
2: my number six is the 2009 movie knowing Ooh. the director of this movie Alex Proyas so I also was kind of conscious about not repeating directors and I believe I've done a fairly good job spreading around the love. I guess we'll see with the rest of my list. So knowing, let me set the pace here for you. This is a Nicolas Cage movie. It starts in 1959 when a creepy-ish girl puts her edition into a school time capsule. And it's a letter with seemingly random numbers on it. And then fast forward 50 years later, and the letter gets in the hands of Nicholas Cage via his son, so Cage drunk, thinking about his dead wife, begins to look at the the numbers on this paper, and then realizes that just kind of in a random drunken epiphany that it corresponds to deadly disasters over the years, complete with dates, uh, numbers of the dead, latitude and longitude i mean it's got very specific details that. How could this have happened? That was 50 years ago. So the, that's not the actual twist, though. The actual twist is it's aliens. They're being followed around by people that they, I guess, vaguely look like, I don't know, Scandinavians that are just kind of tailing them for a long time. But it turns out it's aliens. And at that point, when you realize that it's aliens... There's a couple of other, like, slew of epiphanies. This whole movie, every scene serves the plot exclusively. It's like this person's introduced, but they're only introduced to advance the plot. They're not really providing any value to the rest of the movie or to the scene. They're really just adding information. Here's why Nicolas Cage behaves the way that he does and pushing it towards this ultimate end. And then right at the end, you find out that Cage. He supposedly worked on solar flares and was an expert in the field, but he doesn't work on them now, maybe? He do- he really doesn't mention this until the end of the movie when it becomes important. And then the scientists that discovered that there's a major solar flare coming didn't consult with the person who has the expertise in solar flare knowledge. It- it's all very jumbled, and it, it feels like The movie itself pushed into a weird direction, and then it just, it kind of hits you with the standard science fiction ending of, it was aliens. It's very tired. Clearly it was their uh, anti-Nick Cage bias uh, that uh, led them to not confer with him. It's possible. It has a very theological feel to it as well, which is not a problem, but again, it just, it's been done. It's like an Adam and Eve type thing, or I don't know, maybe like a Tree of Life. Just the whole thing feels really poorly written, and then it feels lazy when when you hit the twist. So for me, the initial thoughts of the movie, the concept are great, poor execution, really poor twist. And I just, I remember at the end of the movie thinking, well, that was dumb. Yeah,
0: so I I have a, I've not seen Knowing um but I have heard about it being a bad twist movie. Um I I like Nick Qu- Nick Cage quite a bit more than a lot of people. I definitely admit that he has made a lot of real junky movies in his life, but he he's always putting in the effort is what I appreciate about him, you mm-hmm. know. Um he he's always going for it in a way that it usually the the scenes in a, even in a bad Nick Cage movie, the scenes where you're watching Nick Cage He's not the problem, you know, unless you just really can't enjoy his shtick of being Nick Cagey, you know, right? If, you, if that really bothers you, you're not going to like it.
2: I get that. Um. So with
0: knowing he's not, he's I, not
2: the problem in this movie, just so we're clear. Yeah.
0: With, with knowing I have heard it compared to a Nick Cage movie I have watched quite a bit, which is next, which is a movie where he's this guy who can see like five minutes into the future.
1: Right
2: um i actually liked that movie i know a lot of people think that movie is not great i thought it was
3: pretty good so have you seen that one
2: i have seen that one and
1: i guess it's uh well i'll save my remarks on that one ah i see okay i see
2: i will I'm a little bit of spoilers here yeah, for yeah spoilers podcast. for the spoilers yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i i will add the uh the children being saved by this arc by the aliens and Nick Cage letting it happen at the end and then just dying in a solar flare. Man, it just really put a bad taste in my mouth. I've not watched the movie again since then, which is really unfortunate because the initial concept of finding a letter with all these numbers on it and solving that puzzle, that feels very Nick Cagey, but it he just solved it so easily, just without really any effort and he was drunk at the time and I, I just it felt sloppy
1: and so for me the, the whole movie
2: was just okay Nick Cage mm-hmm. made it okay but the twist just really brought it down another notch and so that's the reason it made my number six seems worthy of the spot definitely not the worst twist movie We'll get there. Oh, yes, we will. But on our journey, let's take a turn and stop at your number six.
0: My number six is a movie that, um, kind of like I alluded to earlier, this isn't a movie that I love, um, but it's a movie that I really, I I was enjoying well enough up to the point of the twist. I know a lot of people who absolutely hate this movie because of the bad twist. Um, We're talking about... The legendary twist master himself, M. Night Shyamalan, and kind of what's widely considered to be his first movie that really went awry, 2004's The Village. Mm. Uh, the twist in this movie is pretty infamous at this point, so I imagine this is pretty difficult to spoil for most people. Um, I don't really have a ton to say about this, I think because, partially because just everyone knows what this is at this point. Um, sure. It's a it's a movie about a um group of villagers in um this Pennsylvania town. It's very kind of um ah, what would you say like 1800s kind of style town. Yeah, um, it
2: feels kind of Amish-esque.
0: Sure, yeah. Um in that like not you know, it's all lanterns and wooden wooden houses and um no technology or anything like that. Um, And they're all, they're speaking in ways that are more like old time. Traditional, yeah. Traditional old, older way, traditional types of, of garb from that time period, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And
2: traditional gender roles for a lot of the society. Yep,
0: absolutely. Um, And your, um, the big plot element is that the, everyone is living in fear of these terrible monsters that are roaming around and kind of pick off anybody who ventures out too far from the village and so that's the big um, tension point across the movie is that there's these creepy furry monsters that have claws
2: and are scary and you don't really get great looks at them and and, there's only one person who's actually seen them uh, allegedly right Uh, two if you count the blind person
0: Yes yeah that's true bryce Dallas howard is a is a blind lady in this movie um <clears throat> but yeah ultimately um the there's a whole lot of um different events going on and and people pushing their boundaries and trying to get a little bit outside of the village what's going on and everything but ultimately, the twist that you find out is um actually this has all taken place in modern day. none of the monsters were real, they're just people in suits. And this is a sect of people who willingly came to this park to um, that they had bought or something, I guess, and ha- are trying to live in an old-timey way because they think that the society has gone wrong and that if we go back to our traditional roots, then this is the better way we, we can live. And just having the entire build-up of all of the monster stuff and the tension and everything going along the way go to, like, by oh the person finds this this character finally makes it out and the thing that you see is just like m night Shyamalan himself hanging out in like Mm, a building by a car and stuff it's (laughs) like oh come on this is this is the worst possible ending you could have put on this thing deeply deeply unsatisfying um so yeah this one for me is just it's i don't think it's a bad movie i think the performances are pretty good adrian brody's in there and, oh yeah and um like brennan gleason and i guess a bryce dallas howard you have a bunch of um a bunch of good actors in this movie pretty good performances uh it's just that twist is just so deeply unsatisfying that it just made people really really mad for me for my part i was pretty disappointed i think it's a terrible twist it doesn't completely ruined the movie
2: for me but I can't say I've gone back to it and watched it again ever. That's fair but once you know the twist on a movie like that how often do you really want to go back and watch it? I mean there are some movies you know the twist that's great and you're like I need to go back and see all of the hints that were dropped that make this movie amazing as a result of that that I missed.
3: That's different though.
0: I think the previous three M. Night movies um, being Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs are all really enjoyable twist movies that having watched the twist going back and I watched all those movies again later on and really and I really enjoy all three of those movies um so just the village is where his career starts kind of falling off a cliff for a while
2: so I I will politely disagree with you I did see as I was doing research for this episode the inclusion of this movie on several lists and for me, it was not that dissatisfying. I absolutely was hmm. not expecting the twist, and while it is not a super high point for the movie and as a realization initially, it feels kind of underwhelming i I was okay with it like the I did not see it coming the first time I saw this movie, and I'll, I'll admit that yeah, right? i didn't I mean it was yeah, I it was a surprise, either. and I was like, "Oh oh." And I did, in fact, watch this movie again and picked up on some of the little things along the way. And as a result, it was, it was still OK with it. And so I purposefully did not include it on my list because I felt like this movie really the twist wasn't that bad. Interesting. And, and uh, I don't know, I'd watch it again. Maybe I'd show the kids someday, but yeah. Like, do you think it's a good movie overall? Yeah, I'd say it's well. Uh, let me be careful here. I would say it's good for M. Night, but it's a pretty average movie. Yeah, I I,
0: I think in my notes here, the first thing I've written in my notes here is generally pretty mediocre overall. The twist drags it down a bit. I think there's parts of the movie I
2: liked. I don't think the twist drags it down. For me, it just is what it is.
0: I haven't watched this movie since probably 2004. Fair enough. When it came out. I don't think I saw
2: it in theaters, but I probably saw it within a year of it coming out. Same. I I don't tend to see many movies in theaters, especially now, but M. Night, most of M. Night's movies I did not see in theaters. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen any of his in theaters, actually. Well, one of them was, I can't believe I'm even admitting to this, the Avatar movie. Oh no, Scott, oh no! I was devastated, you know. Let's just go ahead and throw this out there. I wanted to put it on this list as the worst twist, twist of all movie, time. Though. It is a twist because they twisted the frick out of that movie. All right, They took a perfectly constructed series and then he twisted the crap out of it. Like, I, But it wasn't a twist by a traditional sense, so I didn't include it. Sure. But I wanted to. Spiritually, it's there. And it's number one with a bullet. I hate that movie. Later on on my list, um, I have a
0: movie that I left the theater actively angry about, and this would, uh, The Last Airbender would be a movie that I, had I watched it in theaters, I would be actively angry about, but
2: I did not see it in theaters, so. Man, I I was so pissed off watching it's this It's very movie. bad.
0: I consider it to be the worst
2: adaptation of any piece of media ever. Okay, let's not go there. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. So anyway, maybe we move on to my number five, your number five, let's go. It's a movie you've probably not seen. Uh, It is called Star Wars Episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Duplicate alert. Duplicate alert. Shocking.
3: Yeah. So Uh, this is my number two.
2: That's fair. I, I really did not like the twist yo this movie's of, terrible it's so bad it, it oh re- my god why did they bring jj J. abrams in i feel like the well, twist Well, they brought him back right okay fair the twist he, of he palpatine was so, so spoilers ray is palpatine a palpatine right yeah so i feel like two
0: twists two twists in this movie right um yeah one but, of the twists ahead, is told from the jump which is somehow palpatine has returned Yes. What the hell? Why? But they have put no effort into trying to explain or anything. It's just like, ah, eh, he's back.
2: Oh, well. This yeah. sucks, I so guess. This... So he hasn't been established, just shows up out of nowhere. There's no relationship between Palpatine and Ray that we are like drawing upon or that was influenced in the past. And then when Kylo Ren tells Ray that she's Palpatine's granddaughter, it's like, what? And and then i don't know it just somehow that's a gut punch to her i
4: i, I yeah, don't understand
2: I, the connection how like we suddenly jump to that and and there's really nothing personal i mean as opposed to like you know luke and darth vader where luke believes that vader has killed his father like that's that's an amazing connection sure. cin- cinematically right it's arguably obvious and everybody knows about it at this point but Sure. It was that, and you know, watched him as he killed his mentor and then captured his friend. Like that whole thing, whatever. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of connection there. But Ray, there's nothing. I would argue that her being a nobody was a bigger twist and a better gut punch for her than her finding out that she's a Palpatine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like, your mileage may vary on The Last Jedi. Episode 8, the movie that precedes this one immediately. Um, mm. But I I really like that movie, and I think it makes a lot of really great narrative choices. And basically every single one is immediately undone by everything that happens to Rise of Skywalker. Intentionally undone. They basically go, well,
2: that movie was stupid. Let's, let's give you some of the Star Wars you like. And it turns out, no. So I'm going to stop you there for a second because I just want to clarify. I have seen... Episode seven, a couple of times. Eight and nine, mm-hmm. I have only seen once each, and it's all kind of blurring together for me. But I remember okay. being specifically pissed off about certain things that happened. I just don't know when they happened.
0: Sure. So, so in terms of the twist, I guess we could This conversation can go very, very long if we don't focus it, because I have very strong opinions. I'm a big Star Wars guy, and this movie's terrible second that, worst Star Wars. that's why attack it's War. number
2: two on your list because yeah. you already feel so strongly about the franchise but go ahead it, it's better than attack of the clones but that's not saying much
1: uh, the uh so
0: palpatine coming back isn't in, just incredibly lazy writing um this is a wildly incoherent set of movies You know, pretty famously at this point, they didn't have a plan for what this trilogy was going to be. They were going to give it to a different director with each movie. J.J. Abrams did the first one. Ryan Johnson did the second one. Took it in some really interesting directions. Rise of uh, um, Force Awakens, Episode Seven. J.J. I think did a pretty good job at like reviving Star Wars as largely a dead franchise in terms of new movies at that point, Um, because you know it's 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 largely a rehash of plot beats from episode four new hope the original star wars movie Mm -hmm. but
1: it's it
0: it it hits on all the right notes of like it's the millennium falcon and the star wars music plays and when that happened in that trailer i was like they got me somehow they got me again after (laughs) those trilogy the the the, the prequel trilogy was just fraught with problems but um so jj did does a pretty good job on that movie it's enjoyable Ryan Johnson comes in to deliver some really new and in, new, interesting ideas and directions narratively that kind of go in the face of a lot of what star Wars had done before. Obviously angers a ton of the fan base because they want, because it's different original, yeah, original expanded universe. Same. Luke, who is the ultimate hero and unstoppable and blah, blah, blah. This is way more interesting than that. Um, in
1: my opinion. But um, you move into Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct the third movie. Um, and
0: then that fell the ninth through movie? the ninth movie of the Skywalker saga, as yes. they call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, Controvaro is supposed to direct that falls through and they ultimately end up giving it to JJ again. And JJ's best tack is, I don't know. Let's just undo everything. The last movie did and just be as lazy as possible. in how we're telling this story, Palpatine's teens back the big moment where, um, they do the reveal in, in episode um eight where kylo ren tells her that she's a nobody her parents are no you know no one of importance ray herself no one of importance in the galactic scale she's just someone who happens to be force sensitive and yeah um god in, you know and the. the i love force. that yeah I, I, that too. I think it's great i think it's great and and, and then jj falls prey to the the star wars's perverse need to just have every character be related or connected to every other character and it's like, "Well, did you actually know that that her, she her grandfather is Palpatine? Did you actually know that this guy knew Han Solo when he was a kid and blah blah?" blah. All that kind of stuff. That's just this is the worst example of that in the in
1: the movies. Um it just
2: it just doesn't add anything to the story. No, I, in fact, I think it actually takes away from the story because it says, unless you're related to one of these very specific bloodlines, you're nobody, you're irrelevant. Right. Whereas right. before it was, she is nobody, and yet she still has these powers. Mm-hmm. And that, that's amazing. It says well, that it, you can rise from nothing and still be I th- relevant.
1: I think
0: the redeeming thing about this twist Uh-oh. is if you're making the choice to make her related to somebody, Palpatine is one of the more interesting choices you could have made there. Okay, fine. Because, like, if they just were... A lot of people thought she was actually secretly a Skywalker, and that would have been worse. A Solo, a Skywalker, a Kenobi.
1: That would have have probably made it number one on my list. Maybe. Um, But Mm. it's just... The decision
0: to just they have to tie her in is just falling prey to Star Wars, some of Star Wars' worst tendencies. And I say that as someone who loves the franchise, loves tons of things in the franchise. This is one of the weakest things that they have done with story overall in this franchise is everybody's gotta be related to everybody and everything's gotta be connected
2: to everything that already happened. Yeah. I was really disappointed with number nine. Maybe that's why I've only seen it the one time. I I consider it not worth
1: watching again. Hmm.
2: That's a, that's probably a decision for a, a future me.
1: But as of uh, right
2: now, I am not happy with it. Yeah, there, I I there there left are... the theater
0: mad on this one.
2: Okay, that's fair. That's there... not the,
0: this isn't the one I was referring to earlier. Oh. But I left the I left the theater mad because man, this movie sucks. Yeah, this one and the twist also the twists plural also suck.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get why it's your number two. Like I said, I had it at number five, but it's I have some pretty visceral visceral reactions to this one.
1: One last thing that yeah, I'd please. like to mention here. Um,
0: I guess you could consider the very end of that movie to be another twist, if you so wanted, which is Ray taking on the, na- the Skywalker name. Uh, many people have already pointed out over the years since that boy, that's a real stupid moment that means nothing, um, and actively undoes other things in the story that have been done up to that point, if you want to consider that a twist. Um, I think there's an argument to be made for that. I hadn't really considered that up until right now as we're talking about it, but
1: that mm. also sucks. That's all. This movie's yeah,
2: bad. Yeah, I don't know. I Now that you mention it, I remember that it happened, mm-hmm. but uh, up until then, it just kind of was a piece of information that I was like, whatever, kind of floated beyond me because I just ignored it. All right, well, let, let's not get too bogged down with Star Wars. I think we could probably have a Star Wars-centric episode. Maybe g- good or bad. Ooh, <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Yeah. All right, well, let's just move on to your number five since I think we've spent enough time on this one.
0: Uh, my number five, we are talking about uh, a Tom Cruise film. Uh, this is 2014's movie from Doug Lyman. Lehman? Lyman? I'm not sure how you say his name. Mm. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, also known as Live, Die, Repeat. So,
3: I.
2: This sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know that I've seen this movie. What's it about? Uh, I love this movie.
0: I think this movie is genuinely great. This is the one I was referring to earlier where I really, really like this movie. It's probably my favorite piece of time loop media. But um, the ending is dumb and bad. (laughs) Um, Fortunately, it's not all of the ending. It's really just the final moments of the movie. Okay. So, uh, I gotta do a little bit of plot setup here because that's kind of required to know. I'm gonna briefly as as briefly as i can sum this up um there's these aliens that have invaded earth they're called mimics in the movie that humans have decided to start calling them mimics they've taken control over most of continental europe um they're kind of these big weird technically kind of almost robot looking um creatures okay um they're just unstoppable uh the u.s the uk and some other nations are kind of planning a d-day beaches of normandy style invasion literally launching from um from the uk to the northern shores of france to try and regain a foothold in europe tom cruise is a public affairs officer with no combat experience he's being sent to cover this invasion he doesn't want to says some stupid things kind of indirectly threatens the general who is sending him who is assigning him on this um and the general goes well you've made a mistake i'm arresting you and kind of you're getting sent there regardless um he ends up getting knocked out and wakes up uh being demoted to a private and is being forced to actually fight in the invasion oh so he kind of gets a, a acclimated to you know gated weapons acclimated to this uh the squad of that he's being put on with the worst soldiers in in this invading force um it's fun fun presence from uh um from bill Paxton as a drill sergeant in the nice. process um And then they, you know, the invasion goes off and they they end up uh, having to fight. Uh, Everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. The mimics knew they were coming somehow. Tom Cruise and his squad are killed very quickly. But in the process, he ends up killing um, with a mine, this strange looking blue um, one of the mimics. And its blood gets on him as he dies. And then he wakes up back at the start of the day, Um, back at the start of him waking up being uh, forced to participate in this invasion. Okay. Um, Because of the blood? Is that what we're led to believe? Yes. Um, So each time he's going through this day over and over again, he's reliving the events, dies, reawakens at the start of that day. Uh, He ends up connecting with Emily Blunt, who's known as the Hero of Verdun, who is the soldier who is like the only person who has ever had large success at fighting these things. Um, And finds out ultimately the thing that's happened to him also happened to her at that point, giving her the same time loop ability. So she was able to kind of re-go through these days and get better and better as a fighter. And so to everyone else's perception, she just obliterated everything in her path because she just had lived the same day over and over again, knew exactly what to do over time. Um, However, on her last attempt, she's injured but not killed, ends up getting a blood transfusion, which removes the ability from her. Hmm. Um, so at the time of the movie where Tom Cruise runs into her, she's doesn't have any of that juice anymore, um, but, she's but still she alive. knows about what's happened. She's okay. still alive. And so she's kind of helping teach him about how, how, what the most effective way for him to use this as. Gotcha. Um, over the course of the movie, he learns that the mimics are one big organism. What he killed was an alpha. If an alpha's killed, the omega, the kind of the head of the whole, all of the mimic organism resets the day retaining the knowledge learned which is why they're unstoppable mm-hmm. um tom cruise and emily blunt use the same tactic to um to plan an attack to take out the omega and win the war but then the same thing happens to tom cruise he's knocked out gets a blood transfusion loses the ability this is after many 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 loops of them perceivingly getting figure- um further and further in and kind of developing this perfect plan okay they make one more attempt to take out the Omega and succeed, and everybody dies, basically. They all die in the process, all the characters that he's been working with. Okay. But, so in, in their victorious moment, um, Tom Cruise falls into the Omega's blood, and this is where the twist happens. Um, He wakens at the start of the movie before any of the events, before he gets demoted, before his original time loop even started. Okay. Um, and then finds out that there's been this weird energy surge and the mimics are no longer active and they don't even need to do the
2: invasion at all anymore. So it negates everything that's happened up to the movie. Basically at that point.
0: So to me, that felt kind of cheap. Um, I think a better ending Mm would have been that, um, he does awaken at that point, but now he still retains all of the knowledge and now they gotta make one final run he's gotta use everything that he's got without this ability to get everybody on board and actually win this thing Um, that that's kind of the ideal ending of this movie to me um, and then just have it end with okay I, this is what we gotta do
2: and wait do. so they don't exist in the end of this movie or like they it's es- not that they don't escaped? exist it's
0: like they're like shut down basically are they like they like the Omega is still dead, and so they can't. The regular ones can't
1: provide any sort of resistance anymore. So, def, kind of de facto, the war's won already.
3: Oh. Hmm.
1: So That's I think weird. it's a great movie. I think it's a really good time. Um, it's a it's a cool
0: kind of actiony take on Groundhog Day. Um, it's just I don't think this twist
1: ending is any good.
2: Yeah, I definitely have not seen this movie. Is it... Uh, you said it was a more recent movie?
1: Uh, this is 2014.
2: 14. Okay, so not that recent.
0: Totally worth watching, even if you've seen the twist. It's really well made. It's it's a fun time. Really great performances from Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, Bill Paxton, some other folks.
2: Yeah, I'll have to look into it then.
0: Kind of one other note I wanted to make. Um, This movie is based off of a manga titled All You Need Is Kill. Oh. It was a very goofy name. Huh. Um, they made some distinct changes from the manga when um, doing the story of this movie, but kind of the biggest, most distinct change is the end of the movie, which is um, uh, the Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt versions of the character, uh, the, the manga versions of those characters. They're both going into battle against this um, to, to kind of win the final fight at the end. Mm-hmm. Um and they successfully they successfully win, but she's killed in the process. OK. And so he kind of has to live on after, you know, kind of gaining affection for her and caring about her and everything and getting to know her as a person through this time loop over and over again. Hmm. Um, that seems more
1: satisfying. He just, he just kind of has to live on with like, we did it, but I lost her. Right. I think that's a better ending. Yeah, I would say so. But the movie, hmm. It's a good movie, though. I was just uh, disappointed by the end. But yeah, it's my number five. Okay, good. Nice addition. How about your number four?
2: Yeah, number four. So this is a movie that I, I know you do not like.
3: <laughs>
2: it is called Now You See Me. Nope. Other duplicate alert. Yeah. Is this your number one? This is my number one. I know you. You vehemently hate this movie. It
0: is. This is probably the angriest
2: I've ever left the movie theater.
0: Just so over the course of this movie, I was prepared to like it going in. Sure, there had been other kind of magician e movies in the years leading up to this one that I liked quite a bit, like Prestige and, and The Illusionist, a yeah. great twist movie. The Illusionist, not as good. It's an alright movie, um, but so now you see me, and just over the the start of that movie. Like, every ten minutes, I just got madder and madder at what was going on just because of how stupid it was, everything was, and then it got to the end and this stupid-ass twist, which I'll let you talk about, happens, and I was so mad. Yeah,
2: so I guess, for me, I don't hate this movie, I just dislike several of the characters. I think that's part of the reason that this movie is so off-putting. There are several of the key characters in this movie that are just like, I really don't like you. And, Are the characters you, ha- you disliked all of them? No, because I don't. That's dislike- the ones I dislike. Uh, Dave Franco's character is fine. I I like him as like the up and comer that has like all these abilities and he's really quick and and kind of sharp. I I like him a lot. I thought he was a good addition to the team. But the cockiness from the others, I re- I get that they're showmen and that's kind of their whole shtick. But I really don't like that. And I don't like. Well, most of the supporting cast. You mean to tell me that Jesse Eisenberg played a character who is arrogant and full of himself? I know it's not very believable, but <laughs> it does happen in this movie. I would say, though, Morgan Freeman's contribution, I did like the character that Morgan Freeman played. I it's thought hard it was to dislike
0: an... Morgan Freeman. Exactly. Let's, be, I, let's be real. Morgan Freeman an,
2: is just great. It was an interesting concept, you know, somebody who debunks magicians. I, I think that is a pleasant thing and contributes to the story. Well, but I guess, I guess before we dig into further
0: yeah. details of this, do we want to like hit a summary of, of, of what happens here?
2: Yeah. Do you, you, it's your number one. You've probably got a little bit more than I do on this, but why don't you go ahead and give us a synopsis? Sure. Um,
0: so Jesse Eisenberg, Isla Fisher, Woody Harrelson, and Dave Franco are magicians or street artists um who are lured into performing together as an act that and um and as part of this act they kind of the four of them kind of disappear for a year come back as to do this big show and part of the show is they basically cause a bank robbery to happen Mm -hmm. um you forgot the best part they're known as the four horse they are known as the four horsemen that is that is the thing (laughs) that's the name of their big act with the four of them um They're investigated by FBI agent Mark Ruffalo, and he's got um, an Interpol lady with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And they end up performing more acts that involves more theft, um, including from an insurance company weirdly tied to Hurricane Katrina, and a reference that seems unnecessary. Um, Yeah, that that was a little bit weird.
1: But uh, Mark, uh,
0: keep going. Mark Ruffalo enlists the help of Morgan Freeman, who is a magician turned magic debunker. He ends up pursuing them up until the climax where he attempts to kill them, but they escape by jumping off a building and disappearing. They ultimately manage to frame Morgan Freeman as being involved in their crimes, and then Mark Ruffalo visits him in jail and ultimately reveals that he was the mastermind of all of this all along. He's the one who lured them into becoming the Four Horsemen. Mark Ruffalo's dad was a magician whose career was ruined by Morgan Freeman, and all the crime was a big plan to get revenge on everyone he sees as complicit in causing his father's death. Well, how else are we going to join the top secret society? This is a deeply, deeply stupid
2: movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I didn't hate the movie that much. It's so bad. It, there's a lot of really bad things about it. I I think you know there there's some light kind of humor and some fast pace, if not cheap thrills, and then the big reveal happens, and you're just like, "Well, that was awful." I I will say. As much as I hate
0: just about everything in this movie, uh, the twist is far and away the worst part. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The movie is just full of scenes of Mark Ruffalo taking actions that him as an FBI agent, it makes sense. But if you go back knowing what the reveal is, that he's the mastermind, nothing Mark Ruffalo does in this movie make any sense. It's full of scenes that of him doing things that are purely for the audience's benefit. No one's seeing him take these actions. There'd mm-hmm. be no way for anyone to find out about the things that he's doing and, and he's still doing them. So it's just, it, the
2: movie is just treating the audience like it, like you're an idiot. Yeah. I mean, it, he rose up through the ranks of the FBI for what? 30 years. Didn't, you know, arouse any suspicion despite really not being that good at his job. It seems. And then somehow wound up on this one case for the horsemen, and through a series of, I don't know, unlikely coincidences, kind of got away with this crazy
1: scheme? I- oh,
0: and and the, the Interpol agent lady falls in love with him at the end as he explains all what he did, and then she decides she's not actually going to tell anyone because she actually loves him.
1: Yeah, she just kind of walks away, doesn't she? Yeah.
2: Amazing. The film's tagline is, the closer you look, the less you'll actually see. And I saw this one website that said, it's the perfect way to describe its ending, as I struggle to find any logical explanation for the inane drivel that goes on in its final minutes. All I ended (laughs) up with is a headache I don't deserve. I thought maybe you wrote that. (laughs) I wish. Nope. I wish. I'm I'm quoting some other website. I, I can't remember, sorry. Yeah, it's
0: uh it's not good. It's a bad twist.
2: Would We're, you believe of... that I
0: have three other movies that are worse on my list? I can't believe that it's possible. Uh I will say, uh this movie's directed by Louis Leterrier. Louis, I don't know how you say his name. Uh, He's French. M- Louis um, Leterrier. He is the director of other deeply stupid movies like uh, The Transporter. I thought you were going to say Now You See Me Too. I don't know <laughs> if he actually directed Now You See Me Too. I, I also I, don't know if I've seen I that never one. watched that movie because <laughs> I was so mad at the first one. I was like, I will never touch this ever again. Uh, uh, he also funny. directed uh, the 2010 remake of Clash of the Titans, which is not Aww, good.
2: That, um, that is unfortunate. Especially since the the original claymation one is a movie that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I really like that movie.
3: Sure, I get that. I've I've never watched
0: it, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a claymation. It's a classic of claymation effects for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, he also directed the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk movie, which is official technically, the first MCU movie. Um, but is not great. It's, it's okay. no. Uh, it does have Liv Tyler on it, in it, and that, that, you know, Liv
2: Tyler's pretty good. I would say it's what made me very concerned and skeptical about Iron Man. Yeah, and then Iron Man came out and kind of blew everybody out of the water. Yeah, exactly. Now, that,
0: now Disney is, makes all the most profitable movies in the world as a result.
2: But anyway. Yeah, I, I think they weren't doing too bad for themselves prior to that.
0: Uh... Another thing I wanted to mention about this movie, this isn't about the twist, but I can't help but mention it. Okay. This movie really strives, like the official stance this movie takes on magic is that it's not real, it's all sleight of hand. All the things that the characters in this movie are doing, it's all sleight of hand stuff. Woody Harrelson's character is like a, like a hypnotist kind of guy. He just straight up has magical powers. He is just straight up using force hypnotism. He's, he's basically Jedi mind tricking people to do what
2: they want. The movie's wildly inconsistent mm. and bad. With his mentalism, you mean? Yes, it is. It is something. There's a lot of weird little coincidences in that movie that I was like, kind of laughing at a little bit. And then, Mm -hmm. man, it just unfortunately tanks from
1: there. Two thumbs
3: down. Hmm.
2: Well, I guess, you know, that's my number four slash your number one. Um, why don't we just go to your number four next and we'll make it work
0: yeah we'll we'll well let's let's hit number number four and maybe we'll do a break before hitting the rest of them yeah, um this is the first of a couple movies on my list. I think I have four movies on my list that are kind of controversial picks, okay, uh two of them are in my top five. I'm talking about uh, twenty seventeen
1: Uh, The first film from the director, Jordan Peele, this is Get Out. Hmm. Uh, People
2: love this movie, and let me tell you what, I love this movie up until The Twist. I have not seen it. I'm okay with spoiling it because I kind of already know, but it's one of those movies that a lot of people told me was amazing, but then a lot of other people said, no, it was really good up to a point. And I think you are one of those people. And I still think I would probably watch this movie. But, you know, let's get into it. See if you can convince me one way or another.
1: Uh, I
0: absolutely adore the first two acts of this movie. It's really thoughtful. It's incredibly effective. An incredibly effective tense thriller about racism. Uh, I should have looked up how to say the actor's name, but I'm going to guess. Daniel Kaluuya, I think. is your our lead character? He visits his white girlfriend's family and has just a bunch of weird encounters with them and the people around them. Um, extreme, and there's just this extremely bizarre behavior that's happening from the very few black characters in the movie outside of of Daniel Kaluuya. Um, he's hypnotized by the mom at one point, ostensibly to cure his addiction to cigarettes, and is uh, sent to the sunken place in uh a really affecting scene it's very upsetting um as just this um kind of really unpleasant hypnotism thing happens to him he just kind of ends up in this void that he can't do anything then he wakes up in the morning and he kind of just assumes it was a weird dream and the movie continues on um it's kind of more and more of this weird uncomfortable stuff happening the movie just kind of builds tension and builds tension and then ultimately the third act twist is Kalia discovering that the family is part of an insane plot to kidnap, hypnotize, and perform brain surgery on black folks so that rich white folks can have themselves implanted in their bodies, imprisoning the original person in the sunken place. The movie then spins wildly out of control in a dramatic, violent, and goofy tonal shift, Tonal shift, not unlike that of Hot Fuzz. Hmm. Um, kind of in a similar way to Hot Fuzz, the shift and twist it
1: just, just doesn't work for me. Um, I know it's a half is another movie that a lot of people really like. Um, I love that movie.
0: So, it at a certain point, at the point this twist happens, it just functionally becomes a different movie. Like, you have Get Out up to that point, and then after that, it's just a different movie. The entire feeling and vibe and what you're seeing on the screen, everything is just completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of becomes this schlocky, like very violent horror movie. I don't have a problem with violence in movies, but just like, it's, it's like almost like goofy levels of violence that are going on. Um, And the movie just kind of, to me just kind of became very silly at that point where, and that, and that frustrated me because I think the, the, like I said before, those first chunks of the movie are just really, really effective thriller, very, very tense scenes. Sure, they've just they've set you edge. up for
2: certain expectations up to that point, right? And then, right. then they pull the rug out from under you and they're like, no, this is actually a slasher film. Blah.
0: Yeah, kind of, more or less. Um, Yeah, well, and you, it just... Just from what you you're know, telling I, me. I won't get into the details of Hot Fuzz, but Hot Fuzz also just kind of has a shift where it becomes a different movie at a certain point. And that also kind of kind of tanked that movie for me my enjoyment of that movie um, that's
2: unfortunate because i really like that movie
0: just the the dramatic tonal shift in a movie is really hard to pull off well i think I, I won't say that it's impossible to pull off well but i've very rarely seen it done um and get out just like like for me i think get out could have been like one of my favorite movies ever if it hadn't gone this route and you know ultimately this is the route obviously this is always the way that jordan peele wanted this movie to be and um -hmm. you know more power to him and people who who do enjoy what this movie is doing i just i was just so disappointed by the first two-thirds of this movie are so incredibly good and just had me enthralled and
2: then just basically kicked me kicked me completely out of the experience i guess i'm probably still gonna watch this movie because I want to experience it for myself, especially if the first portion is good enough for you to put in a top of your own personal list, like that's a that's a big statement.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely a movie worth watching. I don't think this is a twist that like ruins the movie. I haven't got gone back and watched it again, but I, I loved the first parts of that movie. And you know, if you like
1: Hot Fuzz, if you like what Hot Fuzz is doing you you probably will enjoy what, what this movie does.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I guess I...
1: I'd probably give it a shot. Good. I'd say good movie overall. Just a twist and remainder of the movie that just didn't work for me.
2: Well, wait until I tell you my next pick and ruin an entire franchise for you. Oh, boy.
0: Well, before that, let's take a little bit of a break here, and we'll come back shortly with... The remaining items on the list. I just, I think mostly Scott's
2: list at this point. So here we go. My number is three through one, and you're number three. Awesome. Uh, stay tuned, folks. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I hope you're really enjoying the conversation so far and maybe learning something spoilery about some of the movies you may or may not have seen in any case, I think it'd be really great if you could take some time and give us an honest rating or some feedback goes a long way to help us get the word out. Or if you just want to recommend it to a friend, that would also be helpful. So looking forward to hearing your feedback and let's keep going from here. Yeah. Scott, let's jump back in with your number three. Number three. Number three. That's the one after two. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let me ruin an entire franchise for you. This movie is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, no. This movie. It's bad. It's real bad. The, yeah, it's the, really bad. The whole movie. So bad. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I, I really do want to like Shia LaBeouf. I, I believe that. Well, he's not just, just a crazy person. I did want to like Shia LaBeouf. Okay, before, fair. You know,
3: there's been the some things that have come out.
2: Yeah, okay, fair enough. As an actor, I want to like Shia LaBeouf. How about that? That's fair. Okay, that's fair. So, spoilers on this one. Obviously, the holes holes was good. Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, I was also thinking the YouTube short where. Shia LaBeouf. Actual is, cannibal Shia LaBeouf? Yes, that's the one. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. So the story on this one Harrison Ford's been gone a, a long time. And now he's going to return in another adventure, partnering with his son, right? Shia LaBeouf. Mutt. Mutt. I believe
0: is the character yeah. name. Mutt. Mutt. That's what they Mutt Mutt went with. Mutt
2: Williams. In. Yeah. We named the dog Indiana. But this time, yeah, that's right. My terrible Sean Connery. I appreciate that. In order to prevent the. Russians this time, right? From gaining possession of some powerful artifacts. So, at the height of the Cold War, the Soviet soldiers were led by the brilliant Irina Spalko, which who's played by Kate Blanchett. Do like Kate Blanchett pursuing Indiana Jones and Mott into the jungles of Peru in order to secure mysterious crystal skulls and harness their otherworldly abilities. So, twist on this one. After entering a temple in the mystical city of, how do you pronounce it, Akator? Acater? I don't remember. I
0: do not remember. It For has reasons been so long. that I will explain once you uh, get through your. your okay, summary.
2: so Indy, Mutt, and Marion realize that the crystal skulls belong to interdimensional beings who were once worshipped as gods by the ancient Mayans, uh, and so when. Cate Blanchett's character arrives and attaches the skull to the head of an alien skeleton. The beings begin to communicate with the group, thanking them for returning the skull and offering a gift. And Cate Blanchett's character demands that they transfer their collective knowledge into her mind, which causes an interdimensional portal to open and her body to disintegrate. So the three of them escape along with another person, I don't remember. Uh, John Hurt, right? But, uh, yes. Uh, just in time to watch a flying saucer rise from the collapsing temple and disappear into the sky. So, uh, it was aliens. Again.
0: It, well, it was aliens.
2: The, the, the moral of the story here is, Scott hates aliens. I. It's really hard to make aliens work, apparently. It's just so bad. I just, you know, not Spielberg's best by any means. No, Not okay. even close. And this movie's so boring. what did George Lucas say about this movie? Because I feel like he was not. Oh, I don't know, it. but I really want to know. Mm. Anyway, George the, Lucas,
0: deeply weird man. Uh, you know
2: the other movies, the other indie movies. I really, really liked. I, how can you not like? Oh yeah, classic Indiana Jones. Like Temple right?
0: of Doom's just okay. Sure, Raiders of the Lost Ark's an all time great. Yeah, Ark of the. Co- how can I you mean... not love Last Crusade with Sean Connery? Oh, amazing.
1: River Clap. Phoenix, RIP. Also, also John Hurt, RIP for this movie. He's wasted in this
3: movie. Hmm. Love John Hurt. Hmm.
2: I don't know. I just suddenly there's an alien civilization and they're really bad CGI aliens and it's it's not good. I you know. I, so I don't know. I just I really didn't like where this movie shifted and. It, it felt really cheesy and too much of an, a cop out. Like it wasn't what Indiana. It doesn't. Was meant it doesn't feel
0: be. like an Indiana Jones. No, movie.
2: not at all. It's it's very frustrating. But I I don't consider myself an Indiana Jones purist. I do enjoy all of the movies, but I'm not wow. a purist.
1: All except this one. I but, yes, all of the ones prior to this is what I
2: meant. But. This one yeah. just—it's so frustrating, and I, it's difficult for me to even explain why it's so frustrating. But right, the, for me, the I twist being think- aliens pisses me off.
0: There's the uh, secondary twist in the movie. This is maybe a bit of a stretch to call a twist, but um, Indiana Jones survives a, a, a nuclear blast by being in a refrigerator. That happened. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that's
2: deeply stupid. Um, oh, Yeah, I forgot about that. So that was dumb enough relationship- that I, I just could couldn't help but laugh. Like, wow. I cannot believe that
0: actually worked. My relationship with this movie is I have attempted to watch this movie four times. Wow, really? The first time I saw it, I watched it all the way through. Each successive time, once with some friends, uh, third and fourth times with my then-girlfriend,
1: now wife. Um, Oh, congratulations. Many years ago now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Uh... ever
0: uh, all 3 of those other times everyone involved fell asleep really approximately around you remember the scene where the ants happen mm. all the stuff where there's a bunch of ants really bad cgi ants that are what do you mean really bad
3: cgi that was
2: believable
3: uh uh-huh.
0: um it's weirdly enough like around that point cuz it's worth mentioning this is like oh, i want to say over 3 hour movie i believe um it's a really long i think it was and, pretty
2: close i don't know if it was over
1: uh it
2: I'll look it I up.
0: each time the movie got right around that point everyone involved fell asleep it's like it was
2: casting the movie is casting a magical spell at that point to just knock everyone involved out crystal skull was 2 hours and 2 minutes it just felt like 3 what? hours it's
0: only 2 oh my god i thought that was movie was like 3 hours oh my
2: well i guess that tells
0: you something because i remember very few plot details about this movie beyond the actors involved A couple of the more infamous scenes, and I just I could not possibly tell you anything that happens in this movie aside from the specific things I've already mentioned.
2: I, you know what I think, the best way for me to describe why the aliens in general piss me off in this movie is it is it because it turns it from, it turns it into a sci-fi movie. Indiana Jones is not a sci-fi series. They're pulp adventures, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's an adventure movie, not a sci-fi. Why are we, why are we cheapening this, and poorly executing it in the process?
1: Ugh.
0: I don't know that I can one hundred percent follow you down that specific road, um, but
2: no, I will. It, agree. it was not it's, meant to be a sci-fi. This, it just doesn't work.
0: Well, we are getting an Indiana Jones five. They're still doing that despite Harrison Ford being 102 years old at this point. Oh my gosh! And he hates. He everyone. loves Indiana Jones. He loves Indiana Jones, though. He keeps. He this is like the one thing he actually wants to be in.
2: Is this more like? Because I, I have not heard very much about this at all, other than they were considering making a movie, and I do know that he likes that character. Is this going to be? Do you think more of a? He's the old timer. And he just kind of shows up to guide them, or is at the beginning of the movie, or has a cameo type of thing, as opposed to a large role, or being the central character?
0: I think he doesn't do it if he doesn't get a large role. I don't know that he can be, like, he can't be the the action guy anymore. He's too old. I, I joke about 102, but. Harrison Ford, I legit think, is like almost 80 at this point. I was going to
2: say 80. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's got to be pretty just, close.
0: There's no way he can do that anymore. You know, it's going to have to be whoever the young, new model of Indiana Jones is, um, whatever character. It's certainly not going to be child Buff at this point. He is, in um, fact, 80 years old. Jeez. Yeah. He is. He looks he every bit of it, I would too say. Old. Um, so, but I he just I can't seems see to get, him get being angry. willing to. I can't see him be willing to do this unless he gets to be in a bunch of the movie just because of how much he he loves the the role in the franchise.
3: Hmm.
2: Even still, after they made this terrible one. I... I will probably see number five. I just... Against my better judgment,
0: it it will probably happen to me as well. I've
2: said it before about several other topics, but I'll say it again. I'm kind of a hopeless romantic. I want to believe there's... Going to be good things happening, and that things will turn out, and that I will end up enjoying something. And there have been several times where I've been proven right, and there are several other times where I'm disappointed. So I try to keep an open mind. I will see a fifth one if it comes out, even if he has only a cameo's worth of appearance in that movie. Even if he's the central character, it doesn't matter as long as it's not aliens. God. New Indiana Jones, Chris Pratt.
3: Don't I say think
1: they already, they've already confirmed that they're not doing that. <sighs> I think Chris Pratt has said Harrison Ford told me to stay away. That's fair. I'm I'm OK with that. I don't know who they're going to pick, but it should not be Chris Pratt.
2: I, I don't hate Chris Pratt. I just don't think he's, he'd be, he's, he's Indiana fun. Jones. He's not Indiana yeah. Jones. He's barely he's Mario. All right, let's OK. Let's keep moving mushroom kingdom here we okay that's i'll not get bogged down in that mushroom kingdom okay no let's keep going (laughs) what's your number three my number
0: three uh last item i'm going to be talking about in my top six here for your number two and number one uh this is gonna be another somewhat controversial one i think this movie is generally pretty well liked i like this movie Hmm. but um i think the movie is severely undermined by its twist Um, boy, I'm gonna mess up this director's name, because I don't know French well, it's, uh, Denis Villeneuve or something, Villeneuve, I don't know how you say his name. Is it Denis Villeneuve? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, in 2016, he made Arrival, starring Amy Adams. Uh, this is a cool movie.
2: um, The movie with the linguistics... Okay, Yes. yes, okay, yep, I know which movie you're talking about.
0: This is a cool movie. I like that movie. I think the twist is very stupid. It doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it does undermine it, I think. Um, so, basically, what happens in this movie? Um, a series of alien ships appear on Earth. Uh, they're kind of these big, weird, monolithic um, ships that are like floating a good distance above the ground. Mm-hmm. They show up and do nothing, basically. Um, Just hang out. Governments up. of the world are confused and frightened. In the United States, the military recruits a group of people to investigate, including Jeremy Renner and linguist Amy Adams. They're trying to decipher the aliens' language, which are these strange symbols written on the glass that's dividing the aliens from the human-friendly section of the ship that appears to be specifically there so that humans can come onto the ships and and communicate with them. The aliens are never really clearly depicted for the um, most of the movie. They're kind of behind this glass and emerging out from this very misty uh, environment. Um, and are kind of they just weird black shapes with these tentacles that come out of the mist and draw these symbols on the screen, on the glass right um they're very weird and no one understands what they are but the Galens are clearly trying to communicate so there's a kind of this um effort around the world that's going on to try to translate what's going what what they're saying and so Amy Adams is kind of leading that effort um for, on the United States ship um this effort to translate the language is most of the movie and is genuinely great. Um, It's just kind of this. It's like a puzzle into. Yeah, it's this puzzle and really good. A lot of really good scenes about this stuff throughout the movie. Amy Adams seems to be haunted by her past. Her daughter died at age 12, leading to her marriage collapsing. Over the course of the movie, we see scenes about these events. It's unclear at first if these are dreams or just flashbacks for the audience benefits, but it becomes more apparent over time that she's experiencing These, um, she is seeing these as dreams or whatever over the course of the movie during all these events China and other nations are agitating more and more about taking military actions against the ships Um, at one point pretty uh, uh, most of the way into the movie some rogue soldiers try to blow up the US ship um, which leads to some injuries the aliens save the researchers but one ends up getting killed Um, and then the movie kind of falls apart here for me (laughs) Um, this is where the twist comes in. Amy Adams goes back in alone, kind of goes rogue, and goes, "I'm just, I got, I have to go back in and figure out what's happening because the rest of the world is starting to freak out that this has happened, and China thinks that the aliens are going to attack, and are you know, everybody things are at a boiling point." Amy Adams goes back in because um, they, th- uh, sorry, because they think the aliens are going to retaliate to what's happened. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams goes back in by herself, um, and comes to the realization that learning the alien language alters your perception of time and allows you to access memories of the future. The flashbacks and dreams were actually her accessing future memories of her marriage and child that she has with Jeremy Renner's character. Mm -hmm. Then she accesses a memory of her at a party where they're celebrating that they saved the day from all this event and that nothing bad actually happened. And the, A Chinese general is at that party thanks her for calling him on his personal phone and convincing him to stand down by saying his wife's dying words. Uh, So she sees this specific memory of the future and gets exactly what she needs to save the day, so then she saves the day by calling the Chinese general and saying the thing. Um, And yay, everyone realizes that this is with the gift that the aliens were trying to give us, and helping humanity transcend their limits or something. I don't know that this ultimate, this ending was very, very unsatisfying to, for me. And I think the reason why, um, say I I watched this movie and had really conflicted feelings about it. I really, really liked the first parts of the movie. Um, and then this twist just didn't land for me. I think a good twist, like twists are built on deceiving the audience in some way. Right. Um, I think a good twist does that by withholding one or two f- specific key details and then leaving the rest in as clues. This twist withholds basically all the details. Everything, yeah. Actively tries to deceive the audience on all fronts. Even the director has said that was their goal, is to hide every possible detail from the audience on this. Because if you think about it, like, Amy Adams knows that she's having these weird visions of a kid she's never seen before that's not her daughter yet you know at the end of the movie she's realized that's what's going on but for right. the majority of the movie she's having weird visions and never tells anything to anyone in and the audience it's never made clear to the audience that she doesn't know what's going on with these visions it just seems like she's like vaguely
2: troubled by a, a by a tragic past right which i'm okay with that as a setup right finding sure. out the twist is that it's actually your future That's a good twist. I'm actually okay with that one. The inserting yourself into a loop and conveniently adding all this information to have the conversation about the dying words with this person and like, what was your phone number again? Like, how did you get this number? Oh, hey, your wife's dying words were blah, blah, blah. Stand down. And you're like, uh, okay. That, that to me ruined it. And I agree
1: with you. And it's,
0: it doesn't, the movie seems to be indicating that she doesn't have control over the specific visions that she's seeing and the aliens are also not directly controlling the visions that she's seeing. So it's just, it's very convenient that she gets the exact thing that she needs to save the day. Yeah. I don't know. I I think, I think it's a bad way to execute a twist. It feels hastily
2: written. Maybe like they almost didn't know how they were going to wrap it up and were like, well, this seems good enough and just kind of did it.
1: I believe this is based on a book. Yeah,
2: um, well, that I was not aware of. I think? I think that's
1: the, I think that's the
0: case. Um, because
2: I agree with you. The first portions of this movie are fantastic, and the developments and learning the language and starting that communication process, and it, it really does feel yes. like it's all being undone as a result of the ending of this movie and the twist yeah. of what it was.
0: Yeah, this is a book, and I believe the case is that this is more or less the ending that's in the book. Yeah, okay. So I guess faithful adaptation,
1: but I still think it's not. It's not very good ending.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. So frustrating for me. This was another one that was frustrating for me.
0: I enjoy a higher percentage of Arrival than I do of Get Out. Um, In okay, because Get Out, Get Out's twist happens kind of early in the third act of the movie and then you have a good chunk of movie left where other things are happening and Arrivals thing is like this is like the last five to ten minutes of the movie. It kinda hit you hit all this and then it wraps up pretty quick.
2: Yeah. And you know what, now that I think about it, I don't know why this wasn't on my list. It really should be. It's not on my top ten at all, but I've seen this movie and I agree. It's a an otherwise pretty good movie that's not ruined by the twist, but definitely largely put off as a result of the twist.
3: Hey,
0: that's that's my number three final item on my one through six here.
2: It's a good contribution.
0: So we got two left for you. I think this is the first time. I may mean, maybe maybe not. Um, eh. not often that we have a back to back one and two from the same
2: person, but uh, yeah, it's all good. Let's get into it. You're number two. Okay, so the twist in this one is aliens. All right, I'm. That's not the problem. My last one was the movie was Aliens, but the twist was not Aliens. Okay, that's not the thing. All right, number two for me is M Night Shyamalan Signs. Yeah. Oh, and I like this movie. Oh, and it is Aliens. Oh, but the aliens are not the problem. The problem is the twist and water. Like really, I the,
0: like Signs. The
2: alien. Oh, yeah, I like the movie too, but the aliens that are. You know, totally terrifying. Forgot one small detail: water, the thing that the Earth is covered seventy percent in, is it's lethal to them, right? Super intelligent beings, and this one teensy obstacle. Right, I I have trouble getting past that. As a, you're invading this planet with something that you are incredibly deathly allergic to. So I.
1: Okay, and, I uh, and their plan fails. Shocking. Yeah, to it, it me, I uh, this is you know this is a 2003 movie, um, and
0: you know this has been dis you know it's almost 20 years ago now. Jeez,
1: that's wild to think about. Yeah, 2002. <laughs> yep, 2002. Okay, so actually 20 years ago. Yep. Um, I am, I've seen this movie several times. And I I don't buy into the
0: takedowns of the twists that a lot of people have. Um, I think I think this is
1: okay. See, this is where we're just gonna have to disagree because the the aliens weakness is so
2: mundane and just kinda silly.
1: Well, it's
0: not okay, it's not the first work of sci fi to do this, right? No, but um, I feel
2: like it really It unravels an otherwise good suspense, suspenseful atmosphere. Like the first several parts of the movie, I like, but then I'm like, "Oh, really? That's the twist?" Oh,
0: like War of the Worlds does, like the aliens are undone by the cold, right? Um, the common cold, which you should argue that, like the
2: new War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise in it, I thought they the
0: original. I think the original story is they're undone. I was going to say because
2: yeah, that one, yes. The original um, yes, the new one no. It was oxygen, which also feels well, like. Mm. Well, that that the Tom Cruise movie is terrible. Yeah, um, okay, but we'll, we'll talk anyway, about that another time. The, <laughs> the
0: the thing with this is it it leaves out a bunch of other factors because well you know the aliens are intelligent enough to create a spaceship, mm-hmm. of, capable of interstellar travel. That doesn't necessarily mean they're super intelligent, right? Um, mm.
1: Also, we don't know what they're coming here for. Ultimately, we just know that they are coming here, and um,
0: the thing that they could be coming here for could they could be extremely limited on choices and have to come to a planet with suboptimal conditions to get what they need. Mm. You know, we just don't know. That's left. That's left vague. It's left vague to the imagination. Is this a perfect defense? No. But it's also I I think it is enough that um that it doesn't necessarily mean by default that this twist is terrible.
2: I'm not buying it. I, That's fair. I don't know that I'll ever watch this movie again because it was frustrating enough to me, that being the twist, water. I just... I, I think the first part of the movie was fine. Like two-thirds, right? Roughly. Really, really good. Kind of spooky. Although, I
0: think the water twist is like right at the end. I think that's like last another
1: last ten minutes thing.
2: Hmm... I don't remember the exact timeline. And
1: swing away, Meryl. Swing away. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, so I think you don't like this movie because there's a strong religious element to it. Is there?
3: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: the, like the faith is a is a major um, plot element of the movie. Oh yeah, because because uh, like, he's a former he's a former priest and
2: right, God, Mel Gibson, God exists and sends aliens and. Well, well, it's
0: not that God is sending the aliens, per se, it's that... No, there was something about the glasses the pl- of
2: water, though, because like, the little girl the, put the glasses of water around the house.
0: Mel Gibson's faith is restored uh, okay, um, after fine. his wife is killed in a car crash, um, and he loses his faith. His faith is restored by the events at the end of the movie, because um, there are elements, unique details about each member of his family that come into play in key situations, uh, key situations in the end scene when they are trying to defend themselves against the aliens, and so he chooses to to believe that God put all these pieces into place so that we would be okay
1: in this scenario. Mm. And whether or not you like that element of it, why you know, couldn't God just make it rain? It? That's fair.
2: I that's fair. That seems like a pretty I'm, simple I'm solution. Not,
0: I'm not arguing one way or the other on that direction. I'm just saying that is the that is what Mel Gibson chooses to take away from the experience. His character. That's what he chooses to take away from the experience. Okay.
2: Yeah. You know what? And now that you're saying it, it does. I I, I kind of had largely forgotten about a lot of that stuff because I I was so distracted by the water being the thing and like the <laughs> dew drops on the field as they're trying to walk through. It's like really, ah, It just, it kind of, it just destroys the rest of it for me. That's fair. I don't know. Probably won't ever watch that movie again. I like that movie a lot. That's fair, too. You can like that movie. I guess this is why twists are kind of controversial. Some people like them, some people don't, but... Unless it's Now You See Me, that movie's objectively garbage. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that one. Um, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we just move on to my number one? You're number one. Let's go. Yeah. So my number one is "Remember Me," and I think I mentioned this to you. You did. You did. Uh, I've I've
0: never seen this early. But I know on. what the twist is,
2: and it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so let me let me set it up for anybody who hasn't seen this movie. So after. The brother of Robert Pattinson's character commits suicide, right? His family kind of falls apart. The main character, Robert Pattinson's character, Tyler, kind of isolates himself. He's rebelling against his father, who's a businessman played by Pierce Brosnan. And I don't know, he's just kind of going through life, going through the motions, not really doing anything. He has no purpose, right? and then he meets up with Allie and she's traumatized daughter of a cop overprotective cop kind of cliche but whatever um, and the cop has it out for Tyler right so his life starts to take on new meaning and the romance whatever blah 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 two damaged souls mutual healing etc cetera, etc cetera. the twist however is after he wins Allie back following a heated argument so it's largely the whole the whole movie is there rebuilding their life right this is their romance and tyler goes to his father's workplace okay because it seems like he's on the verge of also attempting to reconnect with him it, it right it's going to maybe patch things up right and that makes sense kind of Contributes to the overall ideals of of the movie Meanwhile His little sister Which I kind of neglected to mention at this point His little sister's at school The school teacher is writing the date on the board Okay It's Uh September 11th, 2001 Uh Uh oh And he's standing, waiting in his father's office Looking out over New York And as the camera zooms out It's revealed that he's actually in the North Tower of the World Trade Center on the day that the 9-11 attack occurs. And then it occurs off screen. With the audience seeing only the other characters. Stunned and horrified expressions. As they learn that Tyler was killed. So. At no point did the movie mention. And this movie was from 2010. This, this movie doesn't indicate that it's happening in 2001. C- you know just completely leaves everything about that portion. Out of the entire movie. And somehow just decides this is how i'm going to end it right
1: what a bizarre it, choice it's uh,
2: it just comes out it's of left field weird choice. it makes zero sense to the context of the entire movie not that the movie was all that good to begin with but they really like i didn't see it coming How well, could you see it coming nobody saw right. that coming it's 9 11 what they said never forget well now I'll never forget how bad it ruined this movie, because damn, it's real bad. Remember me? No, I don't remember anything, except that this movie was ruined. So dumb. I don't even remember why I watched this movie in the first place. Probably with some girl at the time. I don't know. Doesn't matter. The point is, really, really bad movie. And and it's mainly because of the 9-11 occurrence. Really? Why? I'm gonna say pretty distasteful. Yeah, it was only nine years after 9/11 occurred. I okay, fine. Maybe I don't remember how things felt at that time, but I remember watching this movie and thinking, "Wow, that is just really stupid." Really. I I don't know anybody who's watched this movie and gone, "Oh wow, oh I can't believe it." Yeah, wow, this is amazing. No, nobody says that. Nobody's happy yeah, with no, this ending. It
1: is, uh reviewed pretty poorly, <sighs> it seems like.
2: 26% Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's pretty bad. I-, I don't think Robert Pattinson's acting was bad. I don't hate him as a result of like the Twilight series, for example, despite him yeah, like he's, largely he's hating himself good. for that.
0: He's not good in the Twilight movies, but, you know, like, no, nothing but in he's, those movies is good. I but, was like, gonna he's say...
2: good in other stuff. Like, The Lighthouse is an incredible movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Or uh, Water for Elephants, I think, another one. I've heard
0: that's good. I haven't watched it.
2: Yeah, also pretty good. But this movie just...
0: Ugh. One positive I... thing I'll say for this movie, which I haven't seen. Yeah. um, It does... His co-star is uh, Emily de, de Ravine. Yeah. Robin, I don't know you say your name. I don't know. Uh, who played Claire. on Lost, and I like her. She's good. Hmm. I don't think I've seen her in anything but lost, but she's good and lost. Hmm. Well, don't see her and remember me because I it, won't. It's real bad. <laughs> uh, I just the reason it's like the tagline for th- this movie is "Live in the moments."
2: God, so dumb. I, I, I think it's obvious, but I'm just gonna state for emphasis here. It is number one for me because of the strong and immediate visceral reaction I had while watching the movie. Sure. I I'm like, there's a good thing this is the end of the movie because this is I would shut it off otherwise. It is so dumb. Just absolutely awful. Completely ruins an otherwise crappy movie.
0: That's <laughs> uh that's impressive.
2: Yeah, I it ruined an already uh, bad movie. Yeah, uh it's exhausting.
1: I, I I'm just gonna just leave it there.
2: I don't know that there's much else I can say about it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Why don't we jump back over and we, we've we gone six through one on each of our lists up to this point with a little bit of overlap. And I, I think it's been some good conversation. <clears throat> why don't we. Why don't we do your seven through ten? How's that sound?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and we'll, any honorable we'll
2: mentions, if you have any honorable mentions.
0: Yeah, will we'll mix it up a little bit here as we're we're trying out this double break. Thing. Um, so, talking about my th- seven through ten, just briefly. Um, my number seven is an astoundingly bad movie with an equally dumb twist. This is Neil Lebut's, um 2006 movie, The Wicker Man, starring Nick Cage. Mm, haven't back. seen it. Um, it's just awful. Um, I'm not going to go into um, a ton of details except talk about the twist, which is all of the events of the movie were set up to lure Nick Cage to the island that takes place so they could sacrifice him in, in a ritual with bees. What? <laughs> yep, that's the movie. All right, moving on. Number eight uh, okay. is Hancock, Peter Berg's 2008 movie Hancock. See I starring like Will that Smith. movie. I like the first half of that movie. It's an interesting premise. um It's a fun time. Will Smith is kind of this drunken, aimless, super powered person. Yeah, what if but Superman was they, a douchebag? What if they, once they introduce the idea that Uma Thurman is this other super powered character and then their powers cancel each other out and the movie becomes much more serious and tries to actually like, have some kind of superhero movie plot to it. uh, It just loses anything that it had going that was enjoyable in the first part. and just kind of, it just falls apart, so. Well, we don't um, have to get
2: into it too much, but I think Jason Bateman in that movie just completely sells it for me. And his his character largely being the same in a lot of the different films and TV shows that he's in, he just, he's so chill. And I really like him in this movie as well. I didn't remember he was in it. He was the husband.
3: Hmm.
2: That's why he's so chill. You don't even remember he's in it.
1: I guess. Yeah. Uh. And my nine and ten here are um definitely
0: one hundred percent for sure. Very controversial choices. These are generally well liked movies that I do not hmm. like. Okay. Uh. Number they're both Kevin Spacey movies. Oh. I might give you a hint as to what they are. Yep. Number nine is uh Sevven. Um. Seven. Title treatment. Seven. Yeah. Seven and seven. Yeah. Yep. David Fincher's 1995 movie. Um, I think it's seven pronounced "the S- 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 Seven The S- 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 Seven Sin. The um, S- Seven Sin. <clears throat> uh, it's a Kevin Spacey's a serial killer and what? Um, making the Seven Deadly Sins happen. The twist at the end is that he he's the final one. He cut off Gwyneth Paltrow's head and put it in a box and made Brad Pitt yell, "What's in a box?" And then, and then he. In order yeah, to I'd taunt to him to get him. him to kill him. Yeah. yeah. I see. I, so I he's the final killing as part of Wrath. People like this movie. Like it it's it's widely liked. This one might just be me. I just don't think it's any good at all.
2: Hmm. Yep, I like that movie. Keep going.
0: Uh and then number ten, the other Kevin Spacey one on here, uh, is Brian
2: Singer's nineteen ninety five movie, The Usual Suspects. I, I knew you were gonna say that when you said it was a Kevin Spacey movie, and I am going to agree that you're wrong and disagree with you because I really like this movie. I no, did... This
0: movie won Oscars and everything. Yeah. Um, the movie... I didn't
2: know. I didn't know this was the twist at the end of this movie. The first time I saw it and I, and I saw it years later. The, the movie is his character
0: being interrogated about a massacre that he and his criminal compatriots were somehow involved in seemingly orchestrated by legendary underlord criminal mastermind Kaiser Soze. At the other movie is about Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze all along and he made up the whole story based on things he saw in the interrogating detective's office,
2: which is awesome. And
0: people absolutely love this movie. I found the movie to be, uh, dramatically overcomplicated and really boring. Um, and the twist just totally fell flat because I was not invested in anything that was happening in that movie at all. I just wanted it to be over. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Um, and I just, it's like, Oh yeah, of course. Sure. Whatever. He's Kaiser Soze. that's fine. um, in my defense, Roger Ebert also didn't like this movie.
2: I don't think that's in your defense, Roger Ebert. It's I mean, he's, Roger, Roger Ebert, Ebert's he's old. I don't care about Roger. Well, he's dead. <laughs> Real old. So. He was old at the time of the review. It was a 1995 movie. But anyway. Sure. Sure.
0: But yeah, that's my 7 through 10. Um I said mm-hmm. earlier in our uh, off the show that I didn't have an honorable mention, and just realized I kind of do. Um I almost made my list is uh Shutter Island. Um but I, yeah, I like I that movie to reviewing. I was reviewing that one again today and realized that um, I just didn't remember as much of it to have as strong of feelings about it. So bumped off the
2: list. I just I didn't
0: love it. Didn't love it. So. All right. Anywho. Yeah.
3: Good. Good 17. additions.
2: Yeah. No, um, I I think there are some interesting additions on there, and I, I'm glad you didn't have them too high up because we'd be having a lot stronger of an argument about that. My number seven is I Am Legend, 2007, Francis Lawrence. The The problem with this one, the whole movie up until the very end was fantastic. Like two, the first three quarters of the movie, I would say, fantastic. I really like him portrayed as like the boogeyman. He's dealing with his own inner demons, but then they introduce this small family or the is it the mom and the child and he sacrifices him. For two people That he doesn't even know When there's clearly room In the escape that They're taking that he could also Take and like you know I don't know Drop the grenade or something like Pull the pin instead of Sacrificing himself at the end he I think he could Have been saved and I think there's An alternate ending to this movie Where he he does in fact Live And I have not Seen it but I have been told it exists, and I think that would probably be more satisfying for me. But the but the one from the actual theaters, it, where he dies and sacrifices himself, I just it's not as believable. I feel like he could have escaped, and it's frustrating.
0: Well, this is a um, this is a dramatically different uh, adaptation of the um, the book that it's based on, Ome- also titled "I Am Legend." I thought it was Omega um- Man. Right from Richard Matheson. Uh, Omega Man is another novel by Richard Matheson. Aha! Um, that was also adapted into a movie in called The 70s. Omega
2: Man. Yeah, by uh, or what's his name? Uh, former Bond that played uh, uh, Charlton Heston. Not yeah. a Bond. Not a um,
1: Bond. But uh, yeah, Charlton. That's a that's a classic
0: Charlton Heston sci-fi movie. But um, thank but, you. Not yeah, a bond. No, the, that's my bad. The movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. The. The the book is significantly different from the movie, um, but yeah, they, they did do that alternate ending, which is also I think a little bit
2: closer to the ending in the movie. But, um...
3: hmm.
2: well, I'm gonna keep going here. My number eight is Source Code, 2011, director Duncan Jones. Yeah. So the the problem I have with this one is at the end they just kind of decide that he's going to take over this other guy's body permanently. And mm-hmm. that guy's just kind of erased from humanity. And that's it. Like, that's... Yeah. And I, I, It's an okay movie. I, yeah. It's a fine movie as far as time loop type movies go, but it that, that bothered me a little bit. And I don't feel super strongly about it, but it was enough to say, like, yeah, this is kind of dumb. I don't really like that.
0: This is the so. movie my wife and I went to see on our fourth ever
2: date. Oh, congratulations. To give you a little bit of a time period on that. Uh-huh. 2011. Yeah. So uh, number nine for me is 2007 Lee Tamahori movie next. And this is another Nicolas Cage movie. And I know we mentioned it kind of early on in our conversation here. And I wanted to reserve my comments because. You kind of indicated it in your comments. He can see into the future for about five Mm -hmm. minutes, but somehow imagines the entire second half of the movie. And apparently, his powers allow him to just do that. It was way more powerful than he was let on. Okay, you know, so they say it has something to do with, I think, their psychic connection or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's poorly explained. It, yeah, it's a really, if at, if at all, yes, exactly, very, very. Poorly. I like the
0: I like the movie, but the twist is dumb.
2: Sure, good Agreed. movie, dumb twist. I I don't think I don't think it makes sense given everything the, that occurs, and then he just kind of like, oh, you don't stay here. I'm gonna go, and then.
0: Nick Cage has very bad hair in the movie. Yeah.
2: He has not resolved most of the things that were supposed to have been resolved as a result of the bombs going off. And it's, you know, I just.
1: It was a little bit disappointing. Weird choice. Yeah. A little bit of a cop out. Yeah.
2: It was all a dream. Or I had all imagined it. All right. Number 10 for me. 2009. Jaume Colette Sierra. The movie is called Orphan. And. Uh, I don't much go for horror thriller movies. I you know very rarely. I don't remember. I think it was the girlfriend at the time convinced me to watch this movie. And the twist is you're ready for this. She's not an mm-hmm. orphan. She's a 33 year old woman. Yeah, I've not. I've not seen the movie. What I'm
0: familiar with.
2: Like what? No, that's dumb. I would much rather there be some actual supernatural or possession or the devil or something that actually kind of makes sense with all the events, and oh yeah, bad things follow her now it turns out she's a psychopath and thirty three years old okay i
1: mm. it's horror movie logic,
2: yeah, so that was my number ten. The only honorable mentions. I have two honorable mentions here. One of them is another M Night Shyamalan movie, and I didn't want to put it on the the list because I only wanted to keep it to one in the M Night uh, film. Um,
3: the
1: oeuvre
2: Pendium, yeah, Ouvre, Yes, thank you. Uh, for but for me, Glass. I I think yeah. I I, I liked it yeah it he drowns in a tiny puddle at the end i get that water is his weakness but it, it, and that one i'm not even upset that water was his weakness right that kind of makes sense in this it's just an unsatisfying ending it, it's deeply unsatisfying and i get that m Knight mentioned that even the most powerful or strongest beings can have or can be taken down by the smallest weaknesses I don't remember what it was but something about Achilles heel and eh, whatever feels dumb and very unsatisfying and then Jim Carrey in the number 23 this one I
0: don't, I don't know anything about this one
2: Oh, this one he is a uh, he's discovered this book and the book closely mimics events that have happened in his own life and the number 23 keeps coming up like he's staying in a hotel and it's the hotel room is number 23 and the, it just the number 23 keeps occurring over and over and over again. And the twist is it turns out he wrote that book and he, you know, killed his wife or whatever. And I, I don't know, just the whole way just it was forgot. written. It just, yeah, I, I don't remember all the details of it. I just remember thinking, this is really dumb. Like, I don't really like this movie. Why am I watching this movie? And I may have even shut it off. I, I might not have finished it, even though I had kind of the twist was at the end, but whatever. Anyway, so that's the end of my list. That's all I got.
3: All right.
1: Well, we've
0: completed our top tens. Some good entries on here. A lot of a lot of dumb twists, as it turns out, yeah. out there in the in the movie world. Um, but we're gonna take our second break here and then come back to argue over what belongs in the unified top ten. So uh, I think stick it's with us and, I think it's
2: gonna be a quick re- resolution here for the the top ten. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Uh, let's wrap up and uh, go to the break.
2: Hey, welcome back. We're gonna dip into the final phase here where we discuss our unified top ten list. But before we do, I want to invite you to contact us on our Twitter if you have other show ideas or just general comments, maybe not directly related to feedback, but our Twitter is at stupid sequence, or you could email us at stupidsequence at gmail.com. And now we're going to jump back into the final phase and hopefully resolve this relatively quickly. Josh, tell the people what's
3: up.
0: All right. So I've pulled over on the Google Doc that we use to um, visualize this stuff. Uh, very useful for an audio show. <laughs> um, it's useful for Scott and I, as we argue. Um I can see it. So we've pulled over all of the um, the top six from each of our lists. Since there's two duplicates, that rounds it out to an even top ten. Um, and now we have to decide
1: what's making this list. Um, mm. I'm going to make a bold concession here Ooh.
0: right out
2: the gate. Yeah, go for it. I like bold concessions. I have gone
0: on at length about how much I hate Now You See Me. Yes. And boy, I really do. It's so bad. It's wretched. That being said, I haven't watched Remember Me, but 9-11, I don't think I can, I don't
2: think I can argue against 9-11. I'm just not prepared to do it. It just doesn't make sense. It's There's a, I, no, no redeeming quality about that as a twist in this movie. Literally nothing. If you are suggesting that it's a number one, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah, go for it. It is number one. Definitely. I
0: I I don't I have no personal connection to it, but now you see me's ending is incredibly stupid and just awful. Now you see me's absolutely number two here, by the way. That's, yeah,
3: oh yeah, it's that without saying. here.
0: But um man, the an ending as just abrupt stupid and, and abrupt and borderline offensive. Um yep. As 9-11.
2: If you had seen this movie, you'd be agreeing with me. Very possible. I don't intend to ever watch it, but Well, um, I think you should now. But I'm no, I'm good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm 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 gonna allow that There's a twist, you'll never see it coming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I appreciate that. Thank you for the concession. I wholeheartedly agree with you because that was pretty much what I was gonna say anyway. And I was going to also suggest that Now You See Me should be number two, because it was number four on my list. And uh I, yeah. Go for it. One, two. Remember me. Right. Now you see me. Alright. Now so, we got a more. Yeah, we got a few more we need to go over. And you had Rise of Skywalker up there pretty high. And you've got some visceral reactions to the Star Such Wars in movie. general. It it really is it's awful. And while I think Crystal Skull was worse to Indiana Jones than what Rise of Skywalker was to Star Wars. I'm I'm willing to say that we can throw Rise of Skywalker here as number three. I,
3: yeah, I
0: I agree with I you. I feel because, pretty strongly well, think, about each of them. I think Indiana Jones and Crystal Skull like does a lot to just kind of not adhere to the past of Indiana Jones in ways that hurts the movie. Rise of Skywalker is the opposite, I think. It mm-hmm. is... Intentionally adhering? Pl- it, is, <laughs> it is adhering to thing, to tropes that Star Wars has leaned into too hard too many times in the past, and it's just kind of giving into the worst of the Star Wars fandom.
2: But this list is about the twist, and I think the twist right. of aliens versus the twist of Rey as a Palpatine... That's so much worse. I really don't like that. Yeah. And and I so think you... if I was reviewing my own list, I probably would rearrange it slightly now based on our conversation. So I think Rise of Skywalker needs to be number three on this list.
4: I
1: concur. One, two, three. We're moving. Yeah, let's All keep right. going. Um, so I see our aliens block down here at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, which is a lot so of much the Scott alien- yeah. list here. Sorry um, not
0: sorry, yeah, you're right um we yeah, honestly, one, two, three, all in your
2: top five here um yeah can uh, can you imagine if like it was remember me was nine eleven but they mentioned that aliens did it like that would really cement it. That's <laughs> like what i
1: I'm looking at um since so, so knowing is your lowest rated of your aliens picks, Hmm, yeah. And um, and my number six is the village. The village, yeah.
0: And, and I, I'm pretty comfortable with. I the like village the village. And knowing being nine and
2: ten. Yeah, I like the village. I I also like. I don't hate knowing. I, like. Sure. Some
3: I've, of, some of the elements knowing.
1: are good.
2: And
0: and again, I think Village is an okay movie. I just think the twist is dumb. You think the twist is okay? Yeah. How about we knowing at nine, village at ten. Oof. Uh yeah,
2: that's that sounds good. All right, yeah, because I don't I don't really hate the village twist all that much. That's yeah, that's not, why I'm not I'm great. to
0: put it a little bit lower is because I think the twist is dumb, but you actively think it's all right. Um, so
2: and I don't have a strong feeling on knowing, um, despite knowing that a lot of people don't care for it. I think number four needs to be Indiana Jones. I had it as signs, but I don't think I'm going to convince you that this twist of signs is absolutely not. Number four absolutely worthy not. signs. I, I think, uh,
0: I think I, I think we put signs at number eight.
2: Whoa. Oh, oh, okay. Whoa. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I haven't seen a rival or excuse me, not arrival get out or edge of tomorrow. So I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with these ones. I think mm-hmm. the fact that Get Out was in your opinion a very good movie up until that certain point, right? And then it kind of changes tonally uh, for the worse. And
0: I I will remind you, we're not re- we're, the placement of the movie on the list does not mean the quality of the movie, it means the quality of the twist.
2: Right, but I think the quality of the twist lends to the quality of the movie. And in some cases, it ruins it. In other cases, it just changes it, mm-hmm. and and that's not necessarily the same thing.
0: That's fair. Um, for me, I think Arrival and Get Out are undermined in their um, in their twists in a way that Edge of Tomorrow isn't. Um, I just think the ending of Edge of Tomorrow is just a cheap Hollywood everything is all right now Mm -hmm. um, ending in a way that I just found disappointing after a movie that I really loved other than that. um, Whereas I think arrival and get out both deserve to be higher on the list. Then sure. Honestly, the rest of the, the, the the five we have remaining get a uh, edge of tomorrow signs and Indiana Jones specifically because those are movies that are, would have been dramatically better overall
2: had they not even had twist endings in yeah. my opinion. Okay, that's fair. So then what I I just did here, I'm going to uh, add to it. Number 4, I threw a rival on there and the main reason as you were discussing it and I think even in the pre-show this this might have come up where we were we had mentioned this movie and and I felt like it was really dumb. And for some reason, it just didn't end up on my list. I don't I'm not really sure why. Yeah,
0: this is the one I thought was going to be a duplicate because we had
2: this conversation about that movie. Yeah, sometimes somehow I forgot, I guess. But I I think, (laughs) yeah, it definitely needs to be on there. So I'm going to throw Arrival at number four. And then get out. I think you and I probably share similar tastes in movies and similar ideals. In some cases, M Night being very divisive is a separate conversation. But apparently, you know, Jordan Peele. Uh, and I, ha- I don't know that I've seen much of Jordan Peele's work aside from Key and Peele, or you know, a couple other movies that he happens to be in or voice acting for. But his individual stuff where he's directing, I don't, I don't know that I've seen any of them. Um... So I haven't
0: seen Nope, but um, uh, is that the second movie? No, Nope's the newest one that oh. came out relatively recently. What was the second one then? Year. Get out. Second was one the... is
2: Us, and I actually don't right. like that movie. Uh, that's the one um, where there's like a. Yeah. Okay. No, I know. I know which one that is. I just haven't seen it. Um. Okay. Good cast. Yeah, I throw Get Out at number five here, and then I think right after that it's got to be Indiana Jones because. I'm okay with it. It just really bothers me. So, between I'm, the last okay two, that. you feel pretty strongly that Science is not that bad of a movie. I, I think Science is legitimately a great movie. Even with the twist.
0: And Even with it. And I think it is a good ending. I think the twist is really dumb. And... Like, like, like your feelings on The Village, like you, I, I think you didn't feel as the same way I did. You didn't think it was a great twist or anything right. like that. You just thought it was okay. Um, I think the ending of Science is actively good.
2: Okay, fair enough, and then I think net positive uh, for us, I, I'm okay with putting signs at number eight, and then Edge of Tomorrow, you know, based on your explanation, which was fantastic by the way, I I feel like Thank I've you. seen a good portion of that movie now that you've explained it, and you've always been good at explaining things, so that, that really helps. Yeah, I
0: realized that one went a little bit longer, but I was like, there's just the, the weird plot of this movie,
2: you gotta explain a decent amount to make the argument make any sense. No, it, it does make sense, so. and I, I think it needs to be number seven. And I'm okay with right. putting signs at number eight. In there which case, go. as predicted, it was a pretty short disruption here. I I don't know that, I don't know that I feel strongly enough about any of these other ones. And I'm glad you conceded on "Remember Me" because that is just so stupid. Really,
0: that could that could have been a fight. I'm just not ready to have the fight versus as much as much as I absolutely detest. Again, I know I've said it before. Cannot express enough how awful this movie is. Um. I can't I can't fight against 9-11. I just cannot. It's too strong.
2: Mark Ruffalo as the detective versus 9-11. Mark Ruffalo should have died on 9-11. No, I'm sorry. Whoa! Mark Ruffalo's, whoa,
4: character,
0: whoa, Mark Ruffalo's whoa. character should have died on 9-11. Oh, man. I I
2: wish no ill will on Mark Ruffalo. Okay. He's all right. Bruce Banner. All right. The real should Bruce play Columbo.
0: Banner. They should bring Columbo back, and it should be Mark Ruffalo.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or, you know, I guess they're already bringing back Princess Bride, but never mind. That's a different conversation. I was just thinking he's a good Peter Falk impersonator, but they should not. They should not do more Princess Bride. No, they really shouldn't. But that's another conversation. And so, yeah, I think we're good. I think we've unified our list here. Do you want to run it back? We have. Yeah. Um, Go for it. At number
1: 10, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. At number nine.
0: Uh, I don't remember the director's name, because so you don't have it written down. Uh, knowing. Nicholas Cage <laughs> is knowing. He gets it by default. Okay, number eight, <laughs> that's fine. M. Night Shyamalan again
1: with uh, Signs. Number seven is Doug Liman's Edge of Tomorrow. Or
0: Live, Die, Repeat, depending on if you watch it in theaters or have the Blu-ray. Uh, number six is Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Number five is Jordan Peele's Get Out. Number four is... um, I can't say his name. Um, Arrival. Uh, Awful. Number three, J.J.
1: Abrams' Rise of Skywalker. Number two is Louis Leterrier's Now You See Me. And finally,
0: Alan Coulter. Thank you for populating that. Remember Me And number
1: one. The worst movie twist of all time, 9-11. Yeah, it's not not a twist. Oof. Yeah. Big oof. Yeah, as the kids say these days. Or did like five years ago. Uh, Yeah, I don't... I don't know. (laughs) We're old. Yeah, I, I think we are,
2: but you know what? That's okay. We made it through despite once
0: again proving proving ourselves as the greatest rankers in the business of yeah
2: ranking. clearly uh you know media we've seen because i'm sure there's stuff that has worse twists that we've never seen nope
0: we are the this is the objective list Definitive, we have, yep. uh, definitively created for all of humanity nothing what the worst movie twists
2: are nothing you else you can't
0: disagree with it you can't argue with it
2: exactly yeah we've solidified ourselves we are the voice of effectiveness and reason within an otherwise dismal and you know kind of subjective industry i don't know anyway did uh, you
0: know they're doing a sequel to i am legend
1: uh, what with will smith and michael b jordan okay i'm gonna keep going here (laughs) thank you if you're still listening thank you listener for taking the time to listen to us argue. Although, we did not
2: argue that much this time. Maybe about some of M. Night's movies. We probably could just do a whole segment and argue about that. But that's another story. Ranking of M. Night. But I hope you enjoyed what you did here. And and we were effective in defending ourselves or trying to argue for our own sake. I think it, it was pretty easy for us to come to a number one on this one. Anyway. Our next episode should be posted in about two weeks. And next episode, Josh, what are we? What are we thinking for the next one? Uh, we're gonna bring a guest on Ooh, again,
0: a person, um, a person. I'm gonna leave it uh, a surprise as to who that's gonna be. Ooh. Uh, but the topic we're gonna be discussing was suggested by our guest. Oh, I like and this person already. It is the Top 10 worst novels you had to read for school.
2: Worst. Everybody's got some novels. I had to read for school. We're talking like middle school, high school, maybe college a little bit. Right. I mean, all all of it included. All of it. I tell you what, that topic was suggested and I immediately knew what My number one was going to be right off the bat. Mm, I have a feeling I I also know your number one because you've probably mentioned it before. But you know what? Let's wait and see. Let's let's just wait and see. Maybe. I feel passionately about
1: how bad it is. Oh, well.
0: I, it's uh, weird for me to, to feel strongly about something. I know.
2: Yeah, but. I you're not really opinionated, so this is it's kind of catching me off guard. Let's wait and well, see what podcast. our guest has to say. That's why I co-made a podcast where I get to talk about my opinions. This is where I pretend to have opinions so that I can argue with you. Play uh-huh. devil's advocate. Okay, well, this is all well and good. I'm excited for our guest. I'm excited for that topic. And I'm sure we're going to have a wonderful time debating on that one. But until next time, I've been Scott. And I've been Josh. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. Take care, folks.
3: Fuck now you see me.